Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free and we're back on dealing together where we help good people who fell for bad deals first caller i had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So, what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 Plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome in, podcast listeners, Braves fans. I feel it. I never would have thought that I would end up a Braves fan, but I have, I am. I was rooting for my 10-year-old and all the family here who are Braves fans, and that was a tough one. The Dodgers win three in a row to advance to the World Series. The Braves lose three in a row to go home. Uh, We'll talk about that, unfortunately, for uh, Atlanta-area fans. Plus, Alabama absolutely puts it on Georgia in the second half. A double hit for a lot of Atlanta area sports fans. And we will break down everything in the world of the NFL, including a remarkable comeback win by my Tennessee Titans to get to 5-0 and and be one of three undefeated teams left in the NFL. How about Brady taking down Aaron Rodgers and much more in the world of college football in the NFL. Joel Klatt joins us, as does Sean Merriman. Lots to get into. Appreciate all of you downloading the podcast, which begins right now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 
Well, it's rare on a Monday that we would mention anything other than the NFL or college football when it is football season. But it is also fair to say that that was an unbelievably epic seven-game series between the Braves and the Dodgers with the Dodgers storming back to win three straight to close out the series and come back from a uh, deficit in Game 7 as well. The Mookie Betts catch, the Bellinger home run to, uh, to win it. Dodger fans have to be ecstatic. Brave fans have to be in the dumps over the way that this went down. Now, I think if you had told Braves fans before the season started that you would win two postseason series and have an opportunity to be in a Game 7 in the NLCS with a chance to go to the World Series, given the fact that it had been so long since the Braves won a postseason series, they would have taken it. But when you go up 3-1 in a series like the Braves did, and then you have three straight opportunities to close out the series and you can't manage to do it, That is going to linger and sting for a very long time, especially for Atlanta area sports fans. Now, last night, as soon as the game ended, I put up a question, and I'm sorry, Atlanta area sports fans. What's worse, the Falcons blowing a 28-3 Super Bowl lead or the Braves blowing a 3-1 NLCS lead? I'm sorry to have to bring it back up. The vast majority of people said 28-3 in the Super Bowl. But, you know, a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl is one game. And you're playing against the greatest dynasty ever in Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots. So, I understand the majority of you saying 28-3. But when you're up 3-1 you get three opportunities to close the door here. And not only were you up 3-1, and I hate to have to relive this with Braves fans, but you're up 3-1 in the series, and you're up 2-0 in Game 5, and you've got what you think might be a sacrifice fly to right field. Mookie Betts came in and made an incredible catch. And you can argue that's when everything changed. And this was before the other two incredible catches that Mookie Betts made. What were the Red Sox thinking, by the way, in dealing Mookie Betts? But he makes that shoestring catch, and then he just absolutely guns it home. But Ozuna left early, and they actually took that run off the board for the Braves. So the Braves would have been up 3-0 in the fifth, uh, the fifth game with a 3-1 series lead. Instead, they double up Ozuna to end the inning, and they had a runner on second. Now, there were so many incredible plays in Game 7, but I think if you're a Braves fan, the one that you're sitting back around on and like, how in the world did this happen, was when you lost... Uh, You had runners at second and third, nobody out. Marcakis hits a ground ball to short. And by the way, Nick Marcakis, I feel like every time he came up to bat, the bases were loaded or there were runners in scoring position, and he did nothing for the entire NLCS. 
I think Nick Markakis left 743 runners on base in the NLCS. He even had to shave his beard, I think, to try to change his mojo. But he hits a ground ball to short, and they catch uh, the runner coming home, and then the runner gets in a rundown, and Austin Riley manages to somehow get doubled off trying to advance to third as well. And that felt like a huge play. Freddie Freeman has a home run taken away by Mookie Betts and what I believe will be an incredibly iconic play. And then Cody Bellinger hits a huge home run in the postseason uh, to win effectively game seven. And then it looked like he hurt his shoulder or at least he was exaggerating like he hurt his shoulder in his celebration. If you had shoulder issues... Maybe I wouldn't go with a shoulder-involved celebration. Just an idea from me. But one of the cockiest bat flips you will ever see on that crushed home run. And the Dodgers are now a pretty massive favorite to win the World Series over the Rays, their first World Series since 88. The Braves haven't been to the World Series since the 90s. I don't know what you think if you are the Braves and a Braves fan and you're waking up this morning. I will say this. My son, my 10-year-old huge Braves fan, I told him he could stay up and watch Game 7 and he fell asleep with the game on. So he doesn't know yet how the game ended. When he fell asleep, it was tied. Actually, sorry, the Braves were up 3-2 and he fell asleep. So I actually don't I actually feel sorry for him having to wake up. Uh, it was a late night for a lot of people out there. And I actually feel sorry for when he wakes up, he's going to have to find out that the Braves actually lost their lead in Game 7 and aren't going to get to go to the World Series. Maybe you can say that's what you have to deal with to be a Braves fan Oh, man, just what a gut punch. Danny G, by the way, is on vacation, so the Dodger fans can't even exult. Um, And I just, I mean, just an absolute uh, gut punch if you are a Braves fan. And I actually think, I understand 28-3 is kind of legendary because it's the Super Bowl, but I feel like giving up a 3-1 lead to go go back to the World Series for the first time in a generation, basically 25 years or whatever the heck it is, 22 years, that's a pretty big deal, too. So I know the Braves are young, and I know they have a lot of good young talent, but the Dodgers are really good, probably looking good for a long time. And by the way, how about Clayton Kershaw? He gets to go to the World Series now. I don't, I don't even remember seeing him on television basically after he lost game four, and it seemed like the Dodgers were done for. I haven't even seen him out there on television anywhere for the past several games, and now he gets a chance at redemption in the World Series. And he might well, I would think, depending on how things will set, I would think he'll probably be the game one pitcher, wouldn't he? Wouldn't the expectation be now they're playing on Tuesday night, so I would think there's probably a good chance that on the rotation, he would be right back up and would be the game one starter. So he will get an opportunity at redemption pretty quickly if they could uh, if the Dodgers could go on and win this World Series when it seemed highly unlikely after he lost game four and the Braves took a commanding 3-1 lead in this series. All right, 
We got a lot to get into. So that's my take on uh, Game 7 of the NLCS with the Braves uh, managing to lose a 3-1 series lead and with the Dodgers managing to come back, however you want to look at that. Uh, the Dodgers found a way to get win- get get the win in Game 7. We got a ton of storylines here. Just so you know, Joel Klatt is going to join us in the second hour of the program. Coming up here in a little bit, we're going to be joined by Sean Merriman in the first hour. He's one of our NFL insiders. We'll be breaking down all the NFL with him. Uh, but the other big news, I would say in general, coming out of what was a big football weekend, how about Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely dominating against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in an epic beatdown that had Aaron Rodgers looking downright human, throwing two interceptions, completing less than half of his passes. They couldn't run the ball. The Bucks' defense came to play. Brady, I told you, this is one of my favorite bets that I've seen in a very long time. Brady only needed to throw for 166. He didn't need to do a lot because the defense took complete control, but Gronk showed up and was the leading receiver, and so we had a Gronk-Brady reunion. Huge win for the Bucks puts them into first place in the NFC South and puts them still in the running in a big way to make the NFL playoffs. That was an incredible game to, uh, to, to, to watch, to see Brady bounce back. I actually was in the stands for an unbelievable game. That is, if you're a Titans fan, the Titans came surging back and found a way to get the win over the Texans and did something that has never occurred in the history of the NFL, and that is for uh, a team to have a 350-plus yard passer. Ryan Tannehill went for 364, and a 200-plus yard rusher. Derrick Henry went for 212 in the same game. Uh, all of that, absolutely incredible. The Titans went for 601 yards of total offense, which is the most yardage for that team in the history of the franchise. By the way, the Bucks also, in addition to the way that they won 38-10, and we're going to be breaking down a lot of these games, zero penalties, zero turnovers, zero sacks. That, my friends, is a pretty good sign that things might be going well. As if that were not enough for Brady to be excited about how the Bucks won, the Patriots are at below 500 through five games for the first time since 2001 when Brady led the team to its first of six Super Bowl titles. And New England snapped a streak of 18 consecutive seasons above 500 through five games, which was the longest streak in NFL history. And Cam Newton looked very pedestrian. Why, you might be thinking, does, uh, does that matter in the grand scheme of things? Well, certainly with the Bills playing tonight, against the Chiefs, the Bills have to feel pretty good. Sorry, Bills Mafia. I don't want to get you too excited about the opportunity to win this division. But also, Cam Newton just looking okay. You can't lose in that scenario against the Broncos and feel like you should be favored to be a playoff team. So a pretty huge win for the Denver Broncos, but a really, really bad loss for the New England Patriots. And then also, how about when you look at the uh, the landscape of the NFL games that took place yesterday, how about the Steelers? 
just coming out, getting to 5-0, and delivering a beatdown for the Browns. The Browns never had hope at all that they were ever going to win that football game. Just an utter, unmitigated beatdown from the Steelers of the Browns. And as a result, we have got an incredible game scheduled for Sunday here in Nashville where I live. The Steelers going on the road against the Titans, two 5-0 teams. Guys, there's only three undefeated teams left in all of football right now. The Steelers and the Titans, one of those teams will be 6-0. Everybody else will have lost. One AFC unbeaten will still remain after that next game. And the only other unbeaten team at this point are the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are set up for, you know, they had their uh, their bye this week. And they are set up now to go on the road against the Cardinals. And then they get the 49ers. And then they get the Bills and the Rams. So, I mean, we got four pretty tough games coming up for them right there, right there as well. So, a lot to get into with the NFL. We will discuss all of these games and more with Sean Merriman next And then at the bottom of the hour, I will talk with you a little bit more about what an incredible scene it was for the Titans to win in front of, again, a drastically reduced uh, crowd. And we'll also talk about the big win for Alabama and the dominating performance from Clemson. Are we convinced that both of those teams are headed to the playoff? All that's still to come. But in the meantime... Dodger fans probably still drunk. Maybe some of you not even gone to bed yet. Still celebrating a Game 7 win. I'm sorry, Braves fans. Again, I don't even want my son to wake up because I don't want to have to tell him that the Braves lost when he fell asleep. They were up 3-2. And uh, it's going to be a tough one to wake up for uh, for him and a lot of other young kids who are Atlanta Braves fans and might have fallen asleep before that game was over. When we come back, more on the NFL with Sean Merriman. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. 
you earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. <laughs> we are joined now. By Mr. Lights Out himself, Sean Merriman, as we work through everything that took place over the weekend in the NFL. And uh, Sean, I want to start with what was probably the biggest game, at least the one that, that I paid the most attention to, the Bucks hosting the Packers. And Tampa Bay just absolutely dominated. Was it more Tampa Bay putting it, doing everything right? Was it uh, the Packers doing everything wrong? What do you make of what you saw in the battle between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Yeah, well, it's no doubt about it. The Bucks are playing well right now. Their defense, man, I mean, it's it's incredible. They're the most stingiest, stingiest defense in the NFL. Um, you know, they know how to turn the ball over and give their offense more opportunities. You know, that's when they won the game. And the second part of it is, you know, Aaron Rodgers did some uncharacteristic things. I mean, you know, he's he's not one to throw those type of interceptions and make some of the decisions he made. So, you know, let's not expect to see that <laughs> again for the next four or five, uh, you know, four or five weeks. But um, it was it was definitely the Bucks defense, man. They're rocking and rolling over there. Uh, all right, so a bunch of other games going on, and so you liked what you saw out of the Bucks. What about the Patriots? What in the world is going on with uh, this team? And it's kind of crazy to expect such excellence over time. But Cam was mediocre to bad. I don't think anybody anticipated that they were going to lose this game against uh, the Broncos. What did you see of this one? You know, for one, uh, you know, let's not forget that, you know, Cam is, is coming into a new system. I mean, you know, they're only a few weeks in, no off season, still trying to get things going, man. So I don't I don't look too far into it because as soon as you count the Patriots out, next thing you know, they're they're in a conference championship game, they have the championship game. So um you can't count those guys out. Bill Belichick is still there. Now what I do see though is, you know, some of the problems that they've had in the past, they don't have the same type of team to overcome now. You know, when they had the bad start or some rocky rocky situation, they've always been able to battle their way out of it. They don't have that same team to do it anymore, so that should be a little bit of concern if you're a Patriots fan. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Listen to the Lights Out podcast. It's part of the iHeart Podcast Network. Encourage you to check it out as he goes into the NFL and more. Uh, Sean Merriman, uh, they are the Lights Out podcast. All right, the Steelers. 
were absolutely dominant over the Browns. Are the Steelers the best team in the AFC? They're undefeated. I'm going to get to the Titans in a minute. Uh, but the Steelers, absolutely dominant. We got two 5-0 and teams that are set to play. The Browns had won four in a row. Everybody wanted to buy into the fact that maybe the Browns are going to be good. What did you see in this one? Uh, for one, you know, I'm hope, hopefully uh, hoping for a speedy recovery for Devin Bush, man. That was, um, you know, it, it, it sucks, you know, being a, a guy like myself who's injured and, and couldn't come back from when I see guys of that talent get injured, um, you know, I always feel bad for them. But two, the Steelers, man, they're the hottest, to me, in my opinion, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. Um, they're so dominant on so many different levels. They can get after you up front. You know, big big Ben is playing. They're running the ball, man. This is what the Steelers been, uh, you know, in the past where it was super successful. They were able to run the ball and, and do the ground to pound. It opens up so many other things for those guys. So, right now, I would say they're probably the most dangerous team in the NFL. The uh, the Steelers, as you look forward and think about what you're seeing out of Ben Roethlisberger, does he look back to being 100% healthy to you? Or I mean, he only threw for 160 yards. I know they had the ball kind of rolling on the ground, and they got up so early with the turnovers and everything else. They didn't really need to take uh, aggressive action. But what percentage would you say Ben Roethlisberger is to what you have grown accustomed to seeing from him? Well, you know, they're winning games right now, and I think that's what's most important. So Big Ben has to go out and throw 160 yards, and, and they win like they did and, and, and come out on top. Then let's keep rolling like that. I mean, look, ben, Big Ben is up there in age. You know, he's been around for a long time, so he's not going to be the same. Everyone's going to decline at some point. Um, but right now, the way they're clicking at all cylinders, you don't need him to go out and throw for 300-plus. You know, stick to what formula is working for you. It obviously been working for them this year. So, you know, when he has to go out and make those big plays and, and those clutch, uh, you know, possessions, he'll do that. It was the most entertaining game, I think, of the entire day. I was there in person watching the Texans play against the Titans. Texans now fall to one and five. I mean, they are, the season is effectively over. But Derrick Henry goes for over 200 yards. The Titans put up over 600 yards of offense. I think they certainly have issues on the defensive side of the ball. But what did you see in the Titans-Texans game, and are you a believer in the Titans at this point? I am. Um, and, and and that guy, Derrick Henry, in the back, he, he makes anybody a believer. Uh, when you got a, a force of that nature and, and a guy who can take the ball 90-plus uh, yards and he's 240 plus pounds and, and that big and it just opens up so much when you're offense you'll start seeing brown catch balls and guys who you know are not big playmakers catching balls because they're paying so much attention to Derrick Henry in the backfield um, so they're they are a to me I mean I know they've they've had a great season but they're still the sleeper that hasn't gotten the full respect of how good they are uh, Mike Bray will have these guys believe in they're underdogs still. You know, it's the same thing of, when he was a player, and I remember playing against him for all, all those years uh, when he was with the Patriots, their attitude was they're the underdogs no matter what. So they're playing like underdogs right now, and they're going to be a sleeper uh, when it comes time here to playoffs. You played, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball and had to make your reads. The Titans win with Derrick Henry on third and five, putting him in the wildcat in overtime. He comes off the left tackle, scores. You're lined up on defense, and you see that scenario. 
what in your mind are the checks? I know they've run the play where Derrick Henry has passed it before, but when you are playing where you are, you're like, man, if Derrick Henry's going to throw the ball, I'll take that. You know, like, I mean, if it, how do you read that play? Did the Texans do what they should have? I mean, obviously Derrick Henry scored, but on the defensive side of the ball in a situation like that, what are you thinking? Put us in that mindset. Well, you know, for one, you never want to overlook – you know, him possibly throwing the ball. I mean, he, we, we had plays designed up for LaDainian Thomas, and he'd go and take and, and, and throw the ball all the time out the backfield, so that's not impossible. Uh, but you can live with those, like you just said. Look, Derrick Henry's a huge man, all right? So when he lines up in that Wildcat, he doesn't have that far to go. And him being uh, patient as he was in that play, um, you know, it's hard to stop. You know, they only needed a couple yards, so it, it was hard to stop and. Look, man, they, they're doing something special over there. Uh, they put together a formula to win. Uh, they're playing like a, a championship-caliber team who playing, you know, great defense and running the ball. And that's just a recipe for success, and that's what's going to carry this team uh, late in the season. Derrick Henry stays – if he stays healthy because he's touching the ball a lot, they're going to be a problem for anybody down the road. So – is that a little bit like an offensive coordinator feeling himself? You know, Arthur Smith, they got whatever it is, 597 yards or whatever, 596 if I'm doing the math right at that point in time. That's a pretty cocky play call, it seems to me. Third and five, you got a quarterback who's been playing really well, and you take him out, put him out wide, and go ahead and say, hey, we're going to roll with Henry here. Is that just where you feel like almost everything you've got rolling with the offense is going to work? I mean, because that's uh, when I saw it, so I'm, I'm there watching it live, Sean, and I thought to myself, wow, you know, Ryan Tannehill's got four touchdown passes already, and he's traditionally been really good in red zone scenarios. So when I saw they were going direct snap to Derrick Henry, my first thought was, okay, they're going to make a decision to go for it on fourth down here and go for the win, and they think they're going to get three or four yards with Henry out of the wildcat. Maybe they score. But it's a pretty aggressive call, don't you think? You know, my, my former coach, Marty, Marty Schottenheimer, once told me, and his philosophy was, it doesn't matter what you know what we're going to do, is can you stop it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's what I've seen on that play. It, it wasn't no one in the building, I believe, that uh, that Derrick Henry was going to get the ball. It wasn't going to be some, uh, you know, magical play. He was getting the ball and basically saying, stop it. And that's what confidence level that this team is playing with right now, and that's why they're scary. How hard is it to tackle somebody like Derrick Henry? You know, um, when I first got into the NFL, uh, my welcome to the NFL thing was uh, tackling Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Right? And, I, you know, for the first time I seen somebody that was that big. Now, he was big the other way around, but, you know, he was still, what, 260 or 270 pounds. And at that point, I was like, you know what, this is a different breed. The NFL, we haven't seen anything like Derrick Henry. Nothing. I don't, you know, there's been some big backs in the, in, back in the day and some guys, but – in order to be that big and take the ball 90-plus yards the way he do, um, stiff-arming guys and doing the things that he's done this season, this, in the past seasons, we haven't seen anything like this. There's nobody that you can really compare him to. You always like to say, you know, this guy reminds you of that guy, that guy reminds you of this guy. We haven't seen a Derrick Henry before in the NFL. We're talking to Sean Merriman. So I- – I'm curious in general, and I appreciate you coming on. Go, go listen to the Lights Out podcast as we're breaking down the NFL. When you go back and watch film, so this was a Tuesday game, uh, the Bills-Titans game, and Derrick Henry basically just took Josh Norman, who was and has been a really good NFL player, 
and gave him that stiff arm and, you know, basically just threw him. I mean, I mean, it was an unbelievable play. What happens when you're watching film and that play comes on? What do the guys do in the uh, in the film study when Josh Norman gets tossed like that? Do people laugh? Do people try to keep straight faces? I mean, like, I'm just kind of curious what that uh, what that response is like. In, does does Josh Norman just make a joke and just be like, man, you know? I mean, like, what what have you seen when a play like that happens against your defense, and then you go back and you have to watch it on film? You know, nothing is off limits in the locker room. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, and when you get in the team meeting rooms, and, and if you got the, the veteran leaders and, and you have a really good group of guys, they play that over and over and over again. The guys laugh and they point and joke. I mean, the good teams do that. Now, the bad yeah. teams, because, you know, the bad teams don't do it because they can't. Um, you know, they're not in a, a, a great locker room uh, environment. They don't have great leaders. But the you know, great teams will be able to go in a uh, team meeting room and turn that film on and watch it over and over again. It, it'll be hilarious. <laughs> what would you say if you were Josh Norman? Would you try to come up with a joke to try to, like, own it before people can start making jokes at your expense? Or how do you handle it? I bet you never got tossed like that on a stiff arm, but I'm sure at some point in time you, like, have a play. And I'm sure, I guarantee you, and I, I haven't seen a quote from him, but I guarantee you the first thing Josh Norman thought when he was on when he was on the ground after that play was one I don't want to check my mentions on social and two this is going to look so bad on film is that kind of the thought process if you're a player and something like that happens No absolutely and I and I'll tell you this um you know back in 2008 when I got lit up by Maurice Jones Drew he caught me and I wasn't looking he blindsided me but he laid you know put me in my butt Yep. I just knew on the team bus, on the way to the facility the next day, that everybody was going to give me crap, right? Because I'm the main one. I go back yep. and I rewind the film and I put it up and I make, you know, I get on guys. So when I got mine, I, I knew mine was coming. So like I said, the great teams, uh, they do these things because it's it's a brotherhood in there. You understand that, you know, that's how guys are. But uh, I would have looked up at every meme and everything I could get my hands on with Josh Norman. <laughs> I would have made sure that it was in that team meeting room the next day. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Um, you know, we're several games in now, uh, into the season. And we're not quite to the halfway point, but a lot of guys have got, you know, five, six games in pretty much everywhere. What has stood out to you the most about what has been a thoroughly abnormal season, right? There's nothing at all with COVID going on that makes 2020 feel normal. You know, I said I went to the game, you know, there's 10,000 people there. That means there's 60,000 plus empty seats all around us. I went to game Tuesday. I went to the game Sunday. I was glad that I did. But you definitely, it's you know, you've got masks on, everything else. What has stood out to you the most, maybe that has surprised you with everybody now having played five or six games with through NFL Week 6? Um, outside of the injuries, that's that's number one. I think that's yeah. obvious. But two, there's a lot of bad defenses right now. I mean, what, what do you attribute defenses. that to? Well, you know, I've seen a couple of the Dallas Cowboys players uh, on the decent side of the ball come out a few weeks ago and say it was too complex. Yep, playbook was. And when I looked at that, I, and the first thing that came to my mind, and I had uh, Wade Phillips on on the Lights Out podcast because you know Wade, for some odd crazy reason, he doesn't have a job right now. Uh, but you know, you look at these bad defenses, and there was no offseason. And yep. so if you have these huge playbooks, and you're trying to download all this stuff into guys, and they're not out playing fast, um, you're going to have a lot of misassignments, a lot of blown coverages. 
You know, you have to simplify things enough where guys can go out and play football. Uh, and knowing that this offseason wasn't normal like it has in the past. We have OTAs. We have certain mini camps and you can get together as a team. You know, a, a really good defensive coordinator is going to trim that playbook down until we feel feel comfortable and fast to go out and play football. Do you expect that the defenses will catch up some with the offenses in the final 12 weeks of the regular season or thereabouts? Or do you think the advantage, 10 weeks, I guess, of the regular season, or do you think the advantage is so pronounced for offense that they're going to accelerate into the turn? No, I think it'll catch up. I think it'll catch up. And I know you got the, we have the rule changes that obviously helps out the offense, in my opinion, and a whole lot more than the defense. Uh, but you got to understand, we didn't. There was no preseason, right? So if you're yep. looking, um, everything, especially when you're talking about football, it's about preparation and being able to see the preseason games and knowing guys' roster and being able to find out, uh, you know, the the good and bad things off a of player or formation. You didn't have any of that, so you're kind of starting the season off trying to figure out what these teams are doing. Um, and so it, it'll it'll catch up. I think it, it you know somewhere in the middle of the season, which we're approaching, and, and towards the end of the season, the defenses uh, should be catching up to the offense. Last question for you, and I appreciate you, appreciate you, Sean Merriman. You go listen to the Lights Out podcast. Just had Wade Phillips on. I'm sure that is a fascinating listen. Dwayne Haskins. I feel like this whole story with the Washington now, they're the foot, Washington football team, has been so abnormal about the way that Dwayne Haskins lost his job. Used to be you brought along quarterbacks for a long time, but we saw with Josh Rosen, that doesn't happen anymore. And so, in general, what do you think the situation is? Like, what's going on there? It seems incredibly abnormal in general. Well, uh, you know, so Ron Rivera, he was my defensive coordinator with the Chargers, right? And um, yeah. I had a great relationship with him, a great coach, great person all the way around. Um, but in my opinion, if someone's not your guy, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, Dwayne Haskins can't play, but if it doesn't go into a system and you don't think a guy's ready to play and he's your top draft pick, you're, you're going to move really quickly because, you know, coaches' jobs now, you're in the hot seat if the team doesn't play well. So you got to make a decision, even though I do believe that it was too, it was prematurely. Uh, if you look at his numbers uh, and, and what he's done since, he, since he's played, they match up with you know some of, some great quarterbacks who started off slow or started off rocky. It happens all the time, and I think that it was too premature for them to make that move. Appreciate the time, my man. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, you got it, man. Thanks again. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I was teasing it a little bit uh, in the uh, in the last segment with Sean Merriman, but we were at the uh, Titans Texans game. I took my two oldest boys and my nephew, and that's one of the most remarkable comebacks I have ever seen. If you're a Houston Texans fan, uh, the Titans go down the field, score with four seconds left, kick the extra point, and then you had that moment where the coin flip happens, and Deshaun Watson had called tails and it landed on heads and there's a little bit of a video reaction of him like uh we're done now because the titans are going to get the ball the defense of the texans gave up over 600 yards and how about that play call for the titans to win in overtime from the five you put derrick henry in the wildcat and you theoretically he's going to run it now He's thrown out of that a couple of times. He threw, if some of you may remember, uh, in a pretty memorable situation against the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. He hit Corey Davis on a touchdown pass there. But Derrick Henry was just dominant. 94-yard rushing touchdown, over 200 yards rushing. And he scores on that Wildcat formation to win the game in overtime um, and effectively in the Houston Texans season at 1-5. and five was a wildly entertaining game. Just absolutely exhilarating game. And for people out there who haven't been to a sporting event since this COVID shutdown universe has existed, I've now been to two. I took my kids. We went Tuesday to the Titans-Bills game here in Nashville. And then Sunday, we went again to the Texans game. I think there were 10,000 fans announced for the Titans game, 8,000 for the Tuesday night game. 
my kids and my nephew, they're like, this is better than normal because there's no crowd around you. The concession stands, there's no line. If you're a kid, and I had three kids, there's nobody blocking your view. I'm going to go, I mean, I'm going to go pretty much to every game this year, and I kind of think the limited amount of seats there is kind of awesome. I mean, in, in, in all honesty, it's not a bad environment. It's not a bad vibe at all. Uh, I'm really pretty much enjoying it. So, huge win for the Titans over the Texans. Now we've got the monster game coming up against the Steelers. The two undefeated teams in the a, uh, a, AFC going with the rescheduled game after the Titans had the COVID-related issues. So, that we've been talking about the NFL all throughout this first hour. The other big takeaway, and we got Joel Klatt coming in in the second hour with us, so we'll be talking a lot of college football with him as our guest. But the other big takeaway, in addition to all the NFL stories that we've talked about in this first hour, Alabama and Clemson in college football, I feel like went ahead and basically stamped their ticket for the college football playoff. Alabama took complete control in the second half against Georgia, scored the final 20 minutes of that game, scored the final 20 points of that game, three before, sorry, 24, three right before the half when Bama kicked a 52-yard field goal. And you know, new things might be going well with Alabama when they're actually banging through a 52-yard field goal. And then scored the 21 unanswered in the second half and shut out Georgia 21-0. For that to be a 24-point run for Alabama against that vaunted Georgia defense was just, I mean, I think a a sign of how good they are, the Crimson Tide. And I feel the same way about Clemson putting 73 on Georgia Tech. I just don't think there's any doubt at all that both of those teams are going to be in the college football playoff. Now, we got the Big Ten returning, so we will follow that to see what exactly Ohio State looks like. And we'll talk about that with Joel Klatt our college football insider and the lead analyst for Fox College Football when we get back uh, in the second hour. But man, what an unbelievable performance from both Alabama and Clemson. Pretty outstanding. Uh, all right, in the second hour, we're going to dive back into the NFL, talk some more about what was, it feels like, a classic Game 7 won by the L.A. Dodgers, all that and more we will be chasing with you. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am Clay Travis. And boy, I really don't want to have to wake up my 10-year-old and tell him what happened. He fell asleep 3-2. The Braves were leading. Going to be a sore morning for him. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 